I'm super, super, super excited to tell you about my sponsor, Southwest Trading Company. Southwest Trading Company is a native-owned business located at 1306 East 11th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you've never been to Southwest Trading Company, you need to go check them out. Right now, if you can, or after this podcast, or during the podcast, but either way, go check that store out. They have a lot of great items from different artists from all around, like jewelry, blankets, art, clothing, cedar boxes, indigenous home decor, car accessories, totes, and so much more. You could spend hours in this store. I'm not kidding. I went to the first time and I think I spent like maybe a couple hours maybe just looking around at everything they have. I mean, it's so unique. If you haven't yet, Southwest Trading Company also has a Facebook page. So if you have not yet, go like it and follow their page to keep up with all new items and events they have going on at the store. Once again, I'm super excited that we get to build together. The location for Southwest Trading Company is 1306 East 11th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Go check it out, everybody. Thank you. everybody and welcome back to Oki podcast on this episode i have such an amazing guest i'm happy he came over i have former osu cowboy basketball player author entrepreneur i have marshall moses on the podcast how you doing man thanks for having me i appreciate it yeah man thanks for coming on man i appreciate you how's your day been a day man i'm Long day for me, <laughs> but I'm happy to be here. This is the highlight of my day. I'll say that for sure. Hell yeah. Yeah. What'd you do today? Well, uh, some daddy things, you know, husband, father things, but also uh, with the ciphers, we've got a couple coming up in April and a huge one coming up in May. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I've been talking to people, booking new artists, uh, getting flyers made, merch made. It's been a, a hectic day, you know? Yeah. Trying to do that with uh, being a dad, drop the parents, the, excuse me, drop the kids off. Uh, trying to help my wife out, got a six-month, seven-month-year-old, you know what I'm saying? We both busy during the day, so it's one of those kind of days. Damn. That's how it goes, though, man. That's exactly how it goes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you got your family, but then you have what you actually want to do, you know? And it, I don't know, like, it's it's crazy, like, like um, people are like, oh, you know, like, I'd rather be doing this in a, a regular 40-hour job mm-hmm. where... I'm just trying to make ends meet and I can't, you know, and like, but I'd rather be doing this. Like I'm still struggling. Like we're still struggling. Right. But the struggle is like, I guess it, it uh, toughens you up Mm -hmm. because you're doing something that you want to do. Right. Like people don't see like the struggle that we have to go through. Like they just see the finished product of everything. Yeah. And so I agree. Yeah. And it's, it's so crazy. Like, Cause I never knew any of that stuff until I started doing my own thing. Mm-hmm. So I totally get it. Like, 
you know, the struggle, the <laughs> the the tears, the the joys, and I mean, like, and then you know, the haters and the lovers. I mean, it's it. I mean, like, when you're working a forty hour job, it just doesn't. You don't you don't ever see any of that. You don't ever hear any of it, mm-hmm. and so it's. It's nice to be on this side, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Hell yeah, nah, I, I fully agree with everything you just said, man. And I think it's a a, a shadow side to everything. Uh, I'm a big polarity guy. I met you through Castro X, and he talk about hermetics a lot. I'm crazy to even meet somebody who loved that. You know, mm-hmm. the Kabbalion is one of my favorite books, and it talks about everything has a, a positive and, and negative side. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the, the the formula for creating things and for existence in life. Uh, with no with no opposition, uh, it can't be. Um, thing good and bad is a good example. They're interdependent. You know, one can't exist without the other. Mm-hmm. We need to know what bad is like in order to know what good is like. That's how you know. We need to know what uh, rain is like in order to know that sunshine is really amazing. If it was all we felt, you know, we would maybe take it for granted. Yeah. So uh, I really like that, and I think it's the same with a forty-hour job or entrepreneurship. It's kind of like picking your poison. You know, when uh, it was a long time ago, my dad told me. In regards to meeting the lady, he said, son, I'm going to be honest with you. Him and my mom were together since seventh grade, still happily married now, wonderful couple. He said, son, I'm going to tell you something. When you pick your, your significant other, it's really just picking what headache you can deal with. <laughs> <laughs> and now that I'm older, I understand exactly what he was saying. Mm-hmm. You can't avoid, if you, nothing uh, good ha- worth having doesn't come with a shadow side. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you want something awesome, so I, I agree with you. And the reason why I pick entrepreneurship is um, time, family. I want to be able to spend that. If it's one thing I learned with basketball and team owners and seeing all this shit I've seen the last 15 years of my life, it's some amazing people in this world who just do whatever the fuck they want to do all day. Forgive my language, that's not how this podcast normally goes, but I'm passionate about this topic. They just do whatever they want to do and get paid for it. And... I felt good to play basketball, but it really intrigued me to see team owners mm-hmm, and to know uh, overseas to know, and they were open about this. This isn't a knock to them, how little they know about basketball. Like it's foundation of my life and how I move, and they just own a team. Like literally, like this is a, a job for them. Mm-hmm. They don't give a damn about basketball. They don't know those rules. Somebody's up there in the stands explaining to them the calls that's going on, but they just own the team. And I start thinking, huh. This guy, this is arenas packed. They're paying us to be over here. We coming all the way from America. My family's over here. This isn't a small time thing. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even care about basketball. He just wanted to own a team. I don't know if his family was rich or I don't know if he started from rags to riches, but I know this person had something within them that they just wanted to be an owner. And this is what they do with their time. He's here with his family. They're just kicking it. He's making money. I, I got to practice twice a day. You know, I got to sweat and I got to leave America, which is pretty awesome to travel. I was lucky to have my family with me. But the point being is, I'd rather just pick what I want to do, like these people. Mm-hmm. So that's why I picked entrepreneurship, because whatever shadow side it comes with, the sunny side is so much brighter, man. So yeah. much brighter, in my opinion, of course. True. I mean, it's true, though, because, like, I wish, like, high school would get you ready for this stuff. Like, I mean, my friend Chris, he owns his own business. And he sponsored me. He was like my first sponsor this year. And shout out to Chris Vance. And uh, he owns his own business. And he was talking to me, man. He was like, he's like, I really wish like our high school would have taught us like how to manage a business, how to do these books, how to do taxes, mm-hmm. how to do all this stuff. If you want to go into your own business and stuff, you know, and because I don't know anything like I'm learning as I go. And luckily I have people that know it to help me 
but I, I, I agree with him, man. I was like, fuck, man. Had had they taught us how to do this, like, it's it, it's like a big secret. Mm-hmm. Like it's so weird. Like once you actually start doing it, and it's like, like you don't know shit. Like I didn't, I don't know shit. Like, but I'm learning as I go. Like I told him, I was like, bro, I'm just, I'm just learning as I go when I do all this stuff. So, luckily, you know, he helps me out with stuff, and he like gives me like little pointers on like a LLC mm-hmm. and there's like this other guy from Canada. He's talking about a sole proprietor, you know, that mm-hmm. too. And I didn't know what the fuck that was. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, what the hell is that? And he had explained it to me and I was like, wow, dude, I was like, there's so many, there's so many things that go into the entrepreneurship mm-hmm. that I really wish was taught in school. You know, and they, I guess mm-hmm. they teach in college too. Yeah, but if you but take those courses. but uh, yeah, if you take those courses, like mm-hmm. if that's the route you want to go, like you have to choose it. But like high school could just get it get it out of the way, like your senior year probably, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, it's crazy, man. It's crazy, but like you said, dude, like the highs go with the lows, and it's it's that's what it's all about, you know. And I mean, fuck, like I don't think I can go back to a regular job, like. Kudos to people that do work a forty-hour job. I'm not like shitting on it. I'm just saying like that's not for me. Like yeah, because those people probably move up like quick. And they probably make really good money. But I just always knew like my place wasn't in a regular work workplace. Yeah, like I say, um, polarity applies there too. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. needed on both sides. True. So there are people who feel who look at entrepreneurship and think, man, there's no way in hell I take those risks and do those things. And they avoid they get to avoid those worries. You know, if they have that job and they have that you know, that sense of security or whatever. But um, I look at that the same way. And I think that's for a reason, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're meant to be doing what we're doing, and they're meant to be doing what they're doing. Everybody works a job, but some people uh, work it with aspirations to move up or to learn how the business works hands-on and then start their own. Or So, you know, like you said, kudos to whoever. But uh, as somebody who played basketball most of his life, that's a hustle. Yeah. It's a game. Mm-hmm. And that, that, you know what I'm saying? Most athletes, when, they, when it's time to transition – they may get discouraged, but with me, I've seen it as an opportunity. Like, man, I've been doing this my whole – I know it's possible It's basically, I guess, what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I literally got to see, like, no, this is possible to, like, pick something and do it so well that you can sustain a lifestyle because of just what you like to do. Yeah. I've seen it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I know it's possible. I definitely got to do it now. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> Are you from here? South Carolina originally. South Carolina originally. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're recruited here by Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Okay. What was that experience like? <coughs> being recruited, or which which I part? guess growing up and then being recruited and your experience here in Oklahoma. Um, my experience, I like, I really love Oklahoma, man. I had a great experience here. Um, South Carolina's a little different, but not much. You know, uh, it's not one of the what I would call metropolitan state. It's not like California or New York City or uh, Illinois or Chicago, really in Illinois, mm-hmm. but. It's a nice place, you know. It's a nice place, nice people. Um, originally, I was verbally committed to the University of Kentucky, and the head coach left when it was time for me to sign. And so, I knew nothing about Oklahoma State when I signed there. It was literally like a last-minute decision, and I was advised there by a wise man who I consider my OG. And um, he was like, "Yeah, Oklahoma State will be a good fit for you. The way you play, and the way you." And he was right. And I was like, "I, I, <laughs> I came out here on a visit." They happened to be playing OU, and I was like, damn, this is dope, you know. Um, and I liked it so much, I committed after the game. They had a whole nother day set up for me the next day. I was like, nah, I'm going to just come here. Because I really was just going to be 
uh, shooting in the dark anyway. I thought I was going to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And and Sean Sutton was the coach at the time, and he was, ju- he was giving me this long spiel right after they just beat OU. They had just beat them uh, at home, and it was stormed the floor and everything. It was crazy. I couldn't even talk to my, my – he was my AAU coach at the time. I'm talking to him, and we can't hear each other. We're sitting right next to each other. It was crazy. Excuse me. Oh, you're good. And um, so after the game, we're sitting in the uh, coach's office, and Sean, he's, he's telling me all these perks about coming. I'm like, look, man. You don't. You don't have to do this. I'm. I worried to sign. You know. You don't have to do this. <laughs> yeah, I know you guys just won a big game. We don't have to do all of that. And crazy thing about it is, I just spoke to uh, uh, Jimmy Trammell from the Tulsa World today, actually, and he was telling me that that they were waiting in the locker room for Coach after that big win for so long. They didn't know what he was doing. You know, they remember that was the time that he had a bunch of recruits in, and what he was doing was he was in there with me. He was in there with me trying to get me to sign. <laughs> and even after I committed, he had the other coaches come in, and they had to make it, you know, make it a big deal or whatever. I guess that's how recruiting goes. Mm-hmm. No, nah, it was awesome, man. Oklahoma was awesome. Uh, South Carolina was awesome. It was a great experience. Damn, that's crazy. Like to be here, like when they beat OU, and then yeah. just the <laughs> fucking court of storms, right? <laughs> Yeah, it was, was bedlam. <laughs> it was awesome. How are those bedlam games? They're great, man. They were great. When you were playing. Yeah. Uh, they were really good. I mean, when I was playing, Blake Griffin was there. Taylor oh, yeah. Griffin was there. Willie Warren. Uh, Tommy Mason Griffin. Uh, several McDonald All-American type. Uh, t- Tiny Gallons. All of those guys came through OU while I was there. Um, and, and, and we had some NBA guys, too. And we had some NCAA appearances and uh, top 25, top 20 rankings. We ended up so they were they were fierce, you know. Um, I think playing at OSU is better, uh, not just because I went there, but the the atmosphere is better. OU gives me kind of more of an NBA game type feel, like it's just there for entertainment. OSU is maybe like a pit, like a dog fight. And the the stadium goes up, so everybody's kind of looking down on the players, mm-hmm. and um, it's usually rated one of the top five toughest places to play in America every year, you know, regardless of how the team is doing, because mm-hmm. that's just how it is. So you know, when OU would come in there or Blake Griffin would come in there. <laughs> It'd be packed out, man, and it would be all – I can't really describe it really. It's insane. I played basketball 11 years in, in Europe and different countries, and I've never experienced nothing like a, a packed bedlam game at OSU. It's never. Wow. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Like, that's cool to, like, hear that. Like, you've been all over, right? But there's just something about that feeling at OSU, you know, that's always going to be with you. And, like, I don't know, like, never – nothing can top that. Is yeah. What you, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's got nostalgia around, nostalgia around yeah. now, so it's not really – even if I experience something or do something or, let's say, sell out an arena with something, or mm-hmm. it still can't – it just can't take over that, you know? Mm-hmm. You know it, it just can't because that was um, new for me. I was young, new in life. I had never done anything to that magnitude. You know, you can't really prepare a young 17-, 18-year-old kid for you know, playing in front of 15,000 people. Or today. You can't. Mm-hmm. You could train them and they can work out, but – once those lights get cut on, man, you really get to see what you made of. That's literally what it is. You can know how to play as much basketball as you want, but it's a different story. And so for for me to get to a place where I was notable and doing well and starting and it was matchups with me versus Blake Griffin on the th- you know, that's that's can't beat that, man. Blake Griffin, if he stays healthy, he's gonna go down as a top 100 player in NBA history. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That was my rival. Mm-hmm. Set out his own mouth. He had respect for me. You can't beat that. So it's like, yeah, I, 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 I don't know, man. I don't want to say nothing can't top it because I think words are powerful, but it will always hold a special place in my in my heart. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, man, that's crazy though, dude. Like, I can't even imagine like what went through your head as 
just growing up. Like you grew up there. Like yeah. Like you you became an adult eighteen, and then you grew up like with that atmosphere with Blake Griffin and all the other play people you had to play like throughout mm-hmm. the Big Twelve and then the uh, NCAA tournament. Yeah, it was amazing. Bro. And we're in the tournament right now. Who are you picking? <laughs> <laughs> is uh. I think it's Saint. Uh, what team was it? It's like an underdog that I don't know if they're still left. Oh, they got beat. Dang, I know. Talking about, I always go for that. All right, that was the last time I had, I had got a chance to see it. <laughs> I was definitely rooting for them. So who's left? I think it's Kansas, Villanova, um, Duke, and North Carolina. This is. It. I mean, I'm Duke from, plays North Carolina. They'll play North Carolina to get into the championship, and then Kansas plays. Uh, when is that? Is that tonight? This weekend. It can't be. This. It can't be tonight. Might be this weekend. Probably Might this be this weekend. weekend. That's crazy. I'm going for Carolina. Second will be uh, Kansas because of the Big 12 connection. Mm-hmm. Shout out Bill Self. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm from Carolina. I'm from South Carolina. <laughs> lives in North Carolina. The Duke-Carolina rivalry. That's why I'm sitting here listening to you. Like, the Duke-Carolina rivalry, for one, is insane. Like OSU-OU. Oh, but really? It's, it's, this would be like OSU playing OU in the Final Four. That would be insane. That's what this is. So, when you said that to me, I'm like, whoa, how did I not know this? <laughs> um, I got to go with Carolina. I've always liked Carolina more than Duke outside of uh, – J.J. Reddick, I think J.J. Reddick is one of the best college players to ever, ever play basketball. <laughs> uh, anybody that disagrees has to check his career out before they say that. Forget NBA, he's a good NBA player too, but his his college career is amazing. Other than that, Carolina. I remember him. Yeah, he, he was, was hitting he threes. Was, he was doing all kind of shit. He was amazing. He was a monster. Yeah. yeah. I remember him playing and then went to NBA. He had some injuries though, mm-hmm. I think so. He yeah. Did. But I mean, if you watch, I mean, he's been an, uh, a pretty good help for last few years for um, uh, Pelicans. Whoever was, yep, the Pelicans, yep. and even before that, I want to say he was was he with the Clippers or he was with a team that was that was the good. Clippers. That's and he who was, was a good. Yeah, nah, he. I mean, he's a good player, man. I mm-hmm. like JJ Reddick. Yeah, and then oh, and then we were talking before, like you played with uh, Keaton Page. Yep, KP the legend. That's crazy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. KP's a monster, man. Yeah, man, he was a monster. Oh my god, like. I remember when, okay, so when he first came to Pawnee, his dad coached at Yale, and then I think they moved to Pawnee, but anyways, they came to Pawnee, and there was, like, big talk about Keaton Page, you know, and, like, Pawnee, like, I think the last time we went to state was, like, in 2000 or 99, one of those mm-hmm. years, got runner-up, but then, like, when Keaton Page got there, he was only a freshman, but... Dude was balling, like balling, like straight up balling. Like it was like it became like a, a phenomenon of like some sort to go and watch him play. And then they first season they won the whole thing, state championship and all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Keaton's amazing. I think he might be the, he may be the all time leading scorer. Or him and his best friend Rodney Clark, oh, Rodney really Clark. friend, and they're like the tide or I don't know some crazy thing. But he's amazing, man. Yeah, he's averaging like forty points at the time or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was insane. I remember him too, Rodney Clark. I think he's overseas right now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Rodney Clark's dope too. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I hosted both of them on their uh, on their recruiting visit. They came together. Oh, really? Rodney Clark's the only player that's ever that I've ever hosted on a visit that didn't sign. Ooh. My whole career at OSU, everybody else that I hosted signed, mm-hmm. and they were the hardest to host. Really? They didn't want to do any of the other things every other player wanted to do. <laughs> they wanted to play video games and go get shots up in the gym. And I was like, I, I've never had any recruits want to do this, but <laughs> sure, <laughs> that's what y'all want to do, you know? <laughs> and then, so after OSU, you went overseas? 
Yes. You went overseas? I went overseas. I, I did some NBA stuff. Uh, the team I had the, the, the biggest chances with was Oklahoma City Thunder. I made it. I did the uh, tryout with them and the training camp, whatever, the invite tryout. And uh, I happened to be injured during that time, which sucked. But I still did the tryout. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they were honest with me. They was like, you know, we, we kind of like what you do. We especially appreciate you coming from here and working hard. We love your career at OSU. We don't really have a place for you right now. If we dealt with you, it'll be more of a, a D-League situation. They had Sergi Baca at the time and Kendrick Perkins as the bigs and uh, James Harden and Kevin Durant and Westbrook. And that was it was that team during that time. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, we just kind of like you, to be honest. You can play. We like you. Don't need you. Uh, it was the lockout year. I think if it wasn't the NBA lockout, I probably really would have stuck out a little. But that really hurt because that's like uh, in the sense of the economy for athletes, everybody takes a step down. You got to think, remember, all the NBA guys were going overseas and all of that. Yeah. So if you're an overseas player, you know, and uh, Duran or Darren, however you want to pronounce his name, Williams, comes to your team, I don't give a damn who you are. You take a, You don't get that job. So everybody took a job down. So for rookies coming out of college, it was a hell of a year, you know. Oh. And uh, that just happened to be my year. But I, I believe that – I'm really one of those people who believe everything works out how I'm supposed to. And um, I wasn't I wasn't an NBA-minded guy. I wasn't. I had the talent, but I wasn't – it's certain shit that come with that, and I wasn't thinking that. You know, I was overseas with my lady and my kids, and I called my OG this month probably averaging like 25 and 12 or something. Maybe I'm boosting the numbers, but not by much. For certain, a double-double. And uh, I called my OG, and I'm like, man, why this NBA team ain't sleep? You know, I hadn't got my summer league calls. That was a big, that's a big thing mm-hmm. for overseas guys. Did you get the summer league? Did summer league teams reach out to you? And uh, I hadn't gotten the summer league call. And I'm like, man, how, what, am I, what do I got to do, bro? I was killing at OSU. And I was killing overseas, man. I'm really trying to get to the NBA. But, he, you know, he's a wise guy. And I didn't notice at the time. Uh, but he said, no, you don't. I said, man, I just want to get to the NBA. He said, bro, no, you don't. I was like, what you mean? He's like, bro, watch it. I'm looking at your pictures. Uh, I follow you. You post a lot online. I watch what you got going on. You're happy. Like, I've been playing basketball a long time. John Wall was on my AAU team. I know people who, like, literally have taken hunger or a situation that may have been uncomfortable and used that discomfort to create a better situation. And he's like, you're talking like that, but you, you're not. And it's okay that you're not. You're doing a great thing. You're traveling the world with your girl and family. and you play. If, that, if you're happy, motherfucker, just admit to yourself you're happy. You don't have to try to live up to some snake mug because you don't really seem to care much about the NBA. And I, he was right. Mm-hmm. I didn't give a damn about the NBA. I don't even watch it. You see, I didn't. I don't know who's. I didn't yeah. know who's playing tomorrow. I don't watch basketball. Mm-hmm. I don't. When I played, I didn't watch it. Uh, I'm a LeBron fan. Uh, I grew up hating Michael Jordan. And then when he retired, I fell in love with his game. So I fucking watch a lot of Michael Jordan stuff all the time. I think he's just amazing. Kobe era. I watched most basketball ever. And Tracy McGrady. You know, but. Um, I, I don't watch it. I don't like to watch it. I like the I, I like what the game has done for me and what it's taught me. Mm-hmm. I teach lessons through what I learned in basketball, but I'm just not this huge. Uh, I'm a huge basketball fan, but I'm not this huge basketball like watch. I don't watch it all the time. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. That's like uh. Well, I mean, it's participating and spectating. Like, like when I did MMA, like I did jujitsu, I did boxing and all that. Like I did striking. And I got really into it. Like, before that, I was a huge UFC MMA fan. Like, I knew everybody who was fighting. But then when I got into it, I just stopped watching it because I was doing it. I was doing it. I was doing it, and then people were like, man, you must be a a huge fan. Like, you must know, like, every fight, and every fight was going on, but I didn't know who the fuck was fighting, (laughs) who was retiring, who was hurt. Like, I was just focusing on my own shit. And I was like, I was like, to be honest, I don't even watch it. Like, I do tournament. I try to do tournaments every 
every few months I can. And, you know, I'm so focused on trying to eat right and going mm-hmm. to practice, not getting hurt. Like I, I just, and then I got to work my job too to sustain that. And, and I was like, so I, like you said, like huge fan. I just don't fucking watch yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, man. Some people don't know about every athlete's not this crazy. That's the first thing people do. They come up to you. Oh man, what? You play basketball. You play overseas. Man, what do you think about so-and-so and so-and-so? And they got this new kid. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Who, I don't know who the fuck it is. I don't. Never heard of that guy in my life. And they're like, what? He's the number one. I'm like, yeah, there's always a number one. There's always going to be somebody that's rated number one, and those rankings are usually made by somebody who doesn't play basketball and never has. True. So if somebody's going to be LeBron James talented, then, then duh, we can all spot the number one fucking player. Mm-hmm. But if you really have to find a, a, a criteria to judge on, you don't have any. You don't have any bases. It's a shadow side, like I say, to telling 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19-year-olds they're number this or they're not number this. In a, in, a, in a magical makeup list, mm-hmm. you know, but there's at least introducing them to the real world. They can choose to not get caught up in it, but it's hard not to. Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> man, that's another thing, too, man. Like, nobody, like, helps you get ready for the real world. I mean, it's so fucking crazy. Like, there's so many, there's so many roads to take, right? Like, but you just have to. Go through it and learn. Like I've Wise done man, some. Tell me in the oh hood, God. man. The game is to be sold, not told. And I think that's why we don't learn a lot about life. Is because mm-hmm. when people really, really obtain the secrets, it's so valuable. They realize they can sell it. True. They can make money off of it. You know, if everybody knows, if everybody knew the Wizard of Oz was really just a guy back there pulling the strings, nobody would think it was shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of part of how you make it something. Mm-hmm. And then um. I'm starting to learn. I'm, I got something that's elevated. I'm like a real sharing guy. And I'm starting to learn, man. You have to be discerning. You still share. You still show love. But uh, some people don't know. that They don't even know what they need. You were talking about um, LLC, sole proprietor, all the things to learn about business and all that kind of stuff. You learn those kind of things when you seek. Hmm. You know, you watch those um, a lot of philosophical uh, movies. You can name any of them. And it's always some basis like that. The Last Dragon is one of my favorites, where Bruce Leroy was this karate guy, and he had this sensei and told him, go search for the well, the golden glow or whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. And he's really went on this journey. He's this amazing fighter, and he does all this shit. And um, he goes through some trauma and trial in life. This is an old movie. Forgive me, y'all. It's older than me. But it's like one of my favorites. And he goes through this trial, and so he goes and finds his OG, his sensei, and he knocks on the door. Now, this sensei, every time we've seen him, has been this, you know, always say something cool, long beard, dressed in the book, but he goes and catches him at his house. I love this, man. This is awesome. And when the guy opens the door, he's like, uh, you know, he's chilling, got on his regular clothes shit, probably a girl in the back, you know what I'm saying? He's like, what's up, man? And he's like, man, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I've been searching for the glow. And because he wasn't really in sensei mode, still same wisdom, just wasn't in that mode, mm-hmm. he just told the guy, he said, yo, yo, everything you're searching for is within you. I sent you on a dummy mission, basically, but I sent you on that mission because if I would have told you, you wouldn't have got it. Mm-hmm. If you'd have told a motherfucker in there uh, in the inception of something, hey man, the answers are all within you. They gonna think you crazy. They gonna think you want some religious spiritual shit, which which is which is cool if you are, but they're not gonna take it as what it really is. But when you find somebody that's willing to seek, I think that's what it is. The game is for like either the seek the ones who really look 
then you start to get the goal. Because if you just try to give it or make it accessible to everybody, they won't treat it with the value it has, and then it'll just become this common, oh, it's like this. Or even science and math and geography. I love that shit. It's amazing the person that they, they had the hardest time to get to study and stay up in class and all of that. Grew up to read a whole bunch of books and want to teach and talk. And all. It's because I couldn't see the value in it. Mm. It's, it sounds stupid. I should be able to see the value in science, but at the time, because of what my mind was on, I couldn't. Now that I can, I just want to teach and I want to tell people. That's why I use it in hip hop form. I know the shit that people like. Mm-hmm. My, my, my belief is to mix the medicine with the candy. That's how you get babies to take it. Not calling people babies, but everybody, myself too. I don't just uh, eat the dosages of the candy. This is all a metaphor. I mix it with the food I like. Mm-hmm. So that way I can get the healing and the, you know what I'm saying, the enjoyment. And that's how I do my content. I think if we really want to get through to people who don't really give a fuck about education and may come from broken homes or sell dope or, you know, we can't just tell them, hey, math is important. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we got to talk to them in the language that they understand. But um, I say all that to say I kind of got sidetracked that it's, that's, I think that's why the, the, the information is not so accessible. Why it's not taught in school, I don't know. That's mm-hmm. a different subject. But as far as why it's just not common knowledge. Because look how they, people treat common knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think when people really seek something, then you find the people who, it's almost like the law of attraction shit is for real. The people, the people start coming out the woodworks and start to, when you need the answers, when you really seeking, somebody just shows up and, you know what I'm saying? I yeah. really, and I love battle rap. I love ciphers. And all, but when I really started wanting to do this shit, I just meet Castro and then somebody comes to the, that's how it goes. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. I'm rambling now. How did you meet Castro? I don't know. <laughs> I literally don't fucking remember. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he could. I know it was. I don't know how I met Castro. It may have been. He invited. I may have been invited to his podcast. I think that's what it was. And we did a show and we vibed during the conversation or something. I'm not. I'm not really sure. But I know when we did meet, he's a, he's a super battle rap fan, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so. You know, I grew up with that. I'm a hip hop head, battle rap and ciphering is like, that's my thing. And so we connected on that and then, you know, just been going cool for ever since. But I really don't remember how (laughs) 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 That's true though. Like you seek it and I mean, you know, starting this and then reaching out to people and networking, like you you create a an environment that just kind of happens you know you you bring people in you start bringing people in your life that teach you things that are helpful that want to help you that want to um like extend your brand and i mean there's like so many things that like what is it um you damn what's the word like or what's the phrase there's a certain phrase that the certain about. people you hang around with, that's who you become, or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, I mean, you can hang out with bad people, and then that's that's where you're attracted. That's where you, yeah, yeah. And then, like, you know, you, you seek this knowledge, you seek this wealth or entrepreneurship, this whatever it is. Like, you're out there doing, like, you create your own environment with these certain people that that just cr- crazy. I don't know. I don't know either. They just come into your life. Mm-hmm. They just because. <laughs> It was, I'll tell you how I met Castro. I met him at this comedy place and it was the women of comedy night. And he, but he, uh, he performed anyways. He was like their opening act. And I remember he went upstage and 
he had, I didn't know who he was. I never heard of him or anything. And then before he started his thing, he said, man, I, I, uh, I'm the host of with all due respect podcast. So like when I hear podcasts and somebody does a podcast and it automatically like, Oh shit, you know, and then he's a comedian too. So I really started to listen to him and stuff and just kind of feel out who he is and, you know, funny dude, funny dude. And, you know, he has the same kind of, well, I didn't know him then, but, you know, and then I was like, I got to look him up. But there was all kind of fucking names, podcasts with the same name he had. So I couldn't find his. And then we added each other on Facebook. I don't know if I added him or he added me. And then and then he needed a, a camera, a B-roll guy. And I didn't have anything going on at that time. So I was like, I'll help. Like, what is it you're trying to do? And it was the rap battles. And so he's like, man, if you're serious, man, like, yeah, come through. So we went to the big room, checked it out, and me, him, and Kevin. And that's the first time I, like, actually, like, had a conversation with him. And we just started talking. And, I mean, he's got big dreams. He's got a great mind. He is, like, he shows a leadership role. And, I mean, he just, and then he knew you. And then that's how we got acquainted. But then when you started, when we followed each other on Instagram, I was like, oh, shit, this guy played OSU. And I was like, and he's in the battle rapping, too. And, I mean, somehow, magically, we all just connected. <laughs> like, we're all here. Like, just homies, friends. That's a fact. Biz- like, just doing this business thing. Like, I mean, and it's crazy, man. Like, you seek it, you'll find it. And, that's I mean, yeah. Know, that's, what it, that's the hope. That's it. Like that, but the seek can be misconstrued. Though people take that word, and you gotta really be seeking. Though it's like an inner feeling. Yeah, you know, you gotta you have, you obviously feel it, but you have to have felt it to the, to understand. We don't mean just, well, no, this is really what I want. You know, people people mix desire and want all the time. They're not the same. Yeah, you can want whatever you want, but when people feel that deep desire, you can tell. You can tell. I don't care what they get. Uh, that shoot for the moon, reach the stars, or whichever the one, which I think will be backwards because the stars are further away. But mm-hmm. however the hell the saying goes, um, all of that shit is cliche sayings. It's power in that. I was telling the guy today from the Tulsa world, it's power in the cliche sayings. What they're saying is shooting for anything outside the fucking planet is colossal. That's the part people miss. Shooting for the stars or moon, you really seek, you're going to find what's for you. You're going to manifest because it's going to change. You're not going to start out with a planet 10 years from now, have the same damn goal. This is, nobody does. As you grow more, you learn more. And as you learn more, the goal, man, it refines itself. It's like sculpting. You sculpt the goal as you get closer to it or like looking through a, a lens that's being corrected. The closer you get to it, the, the, the clearer the, the, the picture gets in your vision. But it's going to change. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so you said something earlier. You said you just, um, you just started. You didn't know what the hell. That's, what that, that's the formula. That's the part everybody got, got wrong. Everybody's trying to trying to figure out the right thing to do before they start, yeah. Or wait for the right day to get married, or wait for the, it's the same. Whenever you're doing something big, it's always the same thing. There ain't no right fucking time. No, no, it's not. Mm-mm. Just do it. If you're gonna do the shit, do it because it, it might get worse later. Waiting for the right time might for be the real. wrong formula. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's why I tried. That's why I told my friend. Um, he wanted to do a podcast, and he was like, "I'm waiting to." I'm waiting to get this studio set up. I was like, just fucking do it now. Like do it now. Like, 
get at least get your name out there and what you're doing now like start a brand like start doing it now like you don't need a studio or whatever like i mean it's nice to have it but as long as you're just doing it catch traction and then have people like listen to your shit and then like when it's built or whatever then yeah like you'll already have your platform Mm -hmm. it won't be no nervousness in there like showing people like making my own opportunity to show people like because before i I was i'll be honest i was waiting on a handout Mm -hmm. like i knew like some filming stuff and i knew how to work a camera and i was waiting on somebody to say hey hey man you want to come work with us you want to come you want to come do this with us like give me a handout like but it's not like that man you gotta you just have to do it and you gotta if nobody's looking at you, then create that opportunity to, for people to look at you. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I try to tell people, too. That's real. <laughs> that's real as hell. <laughs> create the opportunity. And that's what I did, man. Like, I work at uh, I work at TCC now, and, and I wasn't even working there like two years ago. But they like what I do, and they like the graphics I make. And, like, they actually, like, like they wanted me like that same day they said we got another interview and then like two hours later like well you want the job or what? <laughs> I was like, like it's so crazy like creating your own opportunity and that's what i tell people and then what you said about the power of words man like that's real too like speaking not just positive but i mean things into existence like manifesting mm-hmm. that's what i've learned like last year too it's it's not bullshit. <laughs> it's just not bullshit at all. That's why I wouldn't say it. That's why I was like, man, I don't want to say nothing. Can't top that. I just want to put it in its own. True. It's like having a, a trophy or something. Yeah, it's like that, that is what it is. Bro. It's a That's moment. An amazing. Yeah. It's your moment from that time. I'll never forget it. Yeah. But that moment showed me, hey, you probably can do some great shit in mm-hmm. life if you focus and you know what I'm saying. So. Mm-hmm. Nah, I think I am probably going to do something greater, brother. And you will, I'll be, you'll be right there with me. You know what I'm saying? We'll be both doing something great. You know what I'm saying? Having that conversation. That's what I think. Yeah. Fuck, man. And I mean, that's what I should tell people, too, like, about the whole... Um, I never... I haven't read the book yet. The uh, The Secret? I don't know if you've read that. I've heard of it. I haven't read it, but people have read it. The Secret. It's basically manifestation, uh, the rules of attraction. Yeah, laws of, yep. laws laws of, of attraction. Yeah. Or whatever, law of attraction, same thing. One of them. I can't law remember. Law of attraction, I think, is the right one. <laughs> but, I mean, that's that's what that book is. I haven't read it yet, but, I mean, there's just so many other books, too. There's one called Becoming Supernatural, I think. That's, yeah, I have that book. Do you? Yep, it's by... Uh, I just got Diosa, it on Audible. Dio, uh, it's supposed, I'm thinking the last name. I got the book for sure. It's a it's a bestseller, super popular book. It's got the uh the famous symbol on the front with the Kundalini snakes going around it. Mm. Yeah. That's the front, right? It's the yeah. front cover, yeah, super yep. Yeah. I just picked well, I just bought it on Audible. I, I like to listen to books. Yeah, nah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I haven't got to read or look into it yet, but I seen it on TikTok and it said if you believe in all this stuff, pick this book up, so I got it last night and been wanting to check it out but yeah no that shit's real bro i've been on my own journey to that i'm a super nerd so 
bestsellers just give me somewhere to start looking. Mm -hmm. Like The Power of Now did. It's the best. It's the most impactful book I've ever read in my life. I won't say the best. I've read some amazing books. What is it? The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Power of Now. I read that shit. I was in Israel. I was playing in Israel, which uh, was my favorite place I've ever played. Uh, my family usually comes with me overseas, and this time they weren't. It was one of the few times they wasn't. And I had this amazing apartment, literally. What, what made it amazing, we were, I was on the beach shore. When I say on the beach shore, dog, I'm talking about if I walk out the front of the apartments, maybe 10 or 11 feet max, the water's coming to the, like, right there. And so what I would do was I would get out of practice and, you know, eat, whatever, and just take a book and go and go down there and read on the beach shore or whatever. Mm -hmm. Chill, call family, because usually around 9 or 10 o'clock over there would be midday here. You know what I'm saying? So um, anyway, there was this guy who would come to the games, and it was me and my American teammate, uh, uh, Kedrick May. Shout out, Kedrick. And he pulled us to the side after the game one time. He was like, hey, you know, uh, I used to live in the States, you know, uh, black guy, real, real, real like darker skin, had this cool ass gray afro. He just looked cool as hell. And he was like, yo, come to my house, man. And my wife, is she vegan, but she knows how to hook it up. So I was okay at the time. We came there and she made this vegan, I never had no shit like that, macaroni and cheese, lasagna. I was like, this is vegan? She was like, yeah. <laughs> and so my point with this long story is uh, before we left his house, he gave both of us a book and there were two different books. And he said, um, I don't know what it is, man, and y'all might think I'm crazy, but it's something about you guys. I think this book could help you, and I think this book could help you. And we went home and, you know, hung out and did whatever we did. And one of those days, when it was time to go down to you, I got out of practice, ain't had nothing to do. I grabbed that book, and I went down to the beach shore, and I started reading it. And I probably got to about page 20, and I closed it for a minute, and I said, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I never read something, and it's it screamed, this is true so much to me in my life. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, yo, this is true. You know this to be true. It's like a, a, a slap in the face, a look in the mirror, and a, a an uplifting encouragement all at the same time. And that book, I want to say that book helped change my life, man. I got to be real. Because after that book, I, I turned into this, I would read, but maybe like a few pages. Or, man, after I read that book, man, I was like... I, I didn't know this was real. I needed more of this. I found uh, Infinite Waters on YouTube, which a lot of people follow him now. But um, I went down this long rabbit hole of finding all this law of attraction, the power of the spiritual, esoteric world. And that was just the surface. Then I found astrology and was like, oh, there's more to this than just the sun sign. I learned that. Like when I tell you I learned it, I try to, people ask me to read the natal chart. They send me the, uh, the picture of the words. Mm -hmm. Oh, my Venus is in. I'm like, no, motherfucker. I want to see the picture of the chart because I can read it mathematically. Like, I really, I'm insane, bro. Like, crazy. <laughs> I mean, not in a good way. I don't know. I don't know. So, I learned astrology. Then I found out, oh, this shit's connected to numerology. So, my point being is, I went to the depths of all this esoteric stuff, starting out with law of attraction and all of the, and it's, Ancient as hell, it's probably about the oldest thing. Uh, the Babylonians were doing it. Back to when we get in some of the oldest writings and stuff we could find in the history when people were trying to do this kind of shit. You know, Rich's uh, The Richest Man in Babylon is one of my favorite books. And Babylon was supposed to be one of the most, the richest empire that ever existed with the shit that they had and the things that they had done. And this is the stuff they were practicing. And uh, this is also the stuff that's been demonized in uh, the era and cultures that I grew up in. You know, I grew up, my dad's a minister. I grew up in the church. It's like, mother, you you look at a natal chart. You're a demon. Like that's just just what it is. That's an omen, you know. Then I start learning the history of that. Oh, this is why certain things get demonized. And uh, I just wrote in a bar. I'll even give it away. And one I'm gonna put him on the ciphers. His story is, combined together is history. Like the motherfuckers who win the war paint the picture. It's not 
It's all disingenuous. It's holes in all the information. It can't be complete because we can't get the other side. Nobody kills somebody, takes their land, takes their women, and then tells their side of the story positively. It just doesn't go that way. Yet we had hundreds and hundreds, I would even go as far as to saying thousands of years, of this being the global way of living. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So when I start digging through history, I start looking for uh, opposing information. I start looking for why is this wrong? I, I learned discernment. That's one thing I did learn from the church and my father and uh, tra train, train a child in the way they should go and then not depart from it. So I know when not to go too far. And I'm pretty sure I ain't the first person to say that. But when I get to looking at something, um, Alistair Crawley, I'll tell you, is the woman. that's the guy I found that I said, oh, shit. Now I can see why my parents told me to watch what you study. He was a dark motherfucker, and he used all the same rhetoric that I would use. Oh, man, yeah, the stars and God and the spirit and the law to manifest. And then I started realizing why church people were afraid of this. You see what I'm saying? It all started all making sense. But uh, the Bible will even tell you for the church folks that the devil can't create anything. He can only mimic what God does. And even in astrology and, 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 and mythology, the sun is supposed to represent God or the light of God. Like, you know, get it, sun of Christ. It's supposed to be the sun. And uh, the moon always has this negative connotation. And Venus being related to evil. The moon is reflecting the light of the sun in actual existence in life. All of these things correlate as allegory. But the point of that being is, why the fuck would you be afraid of anything that God created? Is how I always looked at it when I was searched. Mm -hmm. I said, no, it's more so the stigma that's around this stuff. And I'm not no that. Why is it if you go back 6,000 years, it's feminine magic, and then you go back 3,000 years or move forward 3,000 years, and it's witches? I don't understand. Mm -hmm. It's the same shit. Women doing magic, but it was looked at as a positive light further along, ago. Mm -hmm. Then we get closer to uh, his story, the, the, the conquerors telling the story, and now... Uh, there are these evil witches flying on brooms and all that kind of stuff. So they took the information and painted it in a light so you could see it a certain way. We born, we don't know shit about shit. Come around life, oh, it's Halloween witches? Oh, bad, evil, oh, oh hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Halloween is related to a negative, all of that stuff is right. But if you get to the root of things, you start realizing everything is polar, polar axis. Nothing is just what it seems. There's an opposite side to anything that exists. Everything, even thing and no thing. If it wasn't for no thing, things couldn't exist. It has to be nothing. It has to be nothingness in order for something to exist. If everything, you get what I'm saying? It's kind of, I'm kind of insane, but day and night, is the, they look different. It's not different. It's the never, it's no such fucking thing as day and night. Outside of the cosmos, it's always dark. And then there's a bright ass star up there that's sustaining life on this, what we call the sun. That's a fact. And the earth is rotating. So one side of our earth is facing darkness at some point in time, and the other side is facing light. If it was dark for too long, That'll be a problem for our planet. We need that sunlight. Yeah. But also that moonlight regulates the tides and does things also that we need it to do. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. Day and night, they're the same fucking thing. Interdependent of one another. Mm -hmm. Polarity is in everything. So whenever life gets too low, I find the good. And whenever things start going well, I look for the bad. I don't dwell in it, but I do look. Yeah. I know it's there. You know what I'm saying? And it's the same in anything we're discussing right now. Anything you ever think of or wonder why it is, Try to look from the opposite perspective, and you'll just see. You may not agree, but you'll just start to see, this is right for me. I can't go to uh, Turkey and tell one of my people, like, yo, they really, really need to be a modern-day Christian. I can't because it's an Islamic country. I lived there six years of my life. But they show me love. I don't give a fuck personally what 
religion or anything you believe in. But I know if I would have went over there uh, on a high horse trying to preach to them and make them think the way I think, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have had the same experience that I had. I was able to have that experience with somebody with a different mindset or culture or whatever because I went over there with an open mind, understanding that we both, none of us know. The moment you say belief, we're in the same boat. <laughs> the when one of you motherfuckers come out and say, no, I know who God is. I got his phone number. And the, you got us the right beat. If you don't say that and you say, I believe, before you say whatever else the fuck you say, me and everybody else on this planet are the same. Nobody really knows. You may believe so much it feels real to you. That's part of the trick. If you read the Bible, right? Peter got out on the boat. He was walking on water just like Jesus. Why does everybody skip over that part? They talk about the walking on water part, skip over the Peter walking on water part until he started thinking normal and he created his circumstance, attraction, right? Boom, fell. Jesus said, you have little faith. Why you doubt? He didn't say, why you doubt me? Mm -hmm. He said, why do you doubt? That polar axis, bro. I'm rambling again, but this is, I like this kind of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I like this conversation a lot. I like where it went and how you kind of just fell into all of what you're just talking about. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, but you got to have an open mind. To, it's it's hard to do though. Like when you kind of just grow up, like like with me, for example, it took a long time for me to have an open mind about a lot of stuff. Like because grew up in a small town, and you grow up around adults that mm -hmm. should know, but you know you're a kid, you're naive, so you think they know everything. You think that's how it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Everything you're taught, like that's what that's how it is. But then when you move move away, and then you 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 find yourself with a lot of new people from a lot of different cultures, from a lot of different. I mean, you just it kind of blew my mind. Like it was kind of overwhelming how much how big this world is, <laughs> rather than living in a small town for. Mm -hmm. 19 years and I mean small town ain't shit to do go home chill out go to work and I mean that's it you know mm -hmm. and then you the biggest places you go is probably where I would go is Stillwater Oklahoma City but damn when I moved away it was like I moved to New Mexico and it was just like like what the fuck like I mean there was like all these other tribes they knew their language they knew their history they knew mm -hmm. all kind of fucking shit and then me, I didn't know a fucking thing. Like, and that's where I had to learn. Like, I had to, I mean, they were helpful. People were helpful, and they pointed me to certain books. But, I mean, that goes back to that high school education, that public school education. Like, I didn't learn a fucking thing. Like, mm -hmm. like, like science always in interested me, but there wasn't really enough of it. It was always, like, this U.S. history. And it's not the real, I mean, it's real history or whatever, but. It's not my history. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to learn, like, what we went through a long time ago. I mean, what would they tell us? It was like, oh, like, Columbus Day is like, um, he found you guys. <laughs> you guys were chilling, <laughs> pretty much. That was, yeah, like, the, the high school story. <laughs> that is, that's how they teach And them. we celebrate Columbus Day because he founded America. He founded you people. And it's like... Oh, okay, and that's what, and that's what I believed because I was so young and naive. Like, who am I to question that, mm -hmm. right? And then you read it, and it's like, God damn, this guy's a fucking maniac. This was a terrible person. <laughs> it's a like, person. for real. It's like this whole fucking, like I had to, I had like I was nineteen years old when I really got into that. 
like really understood like who we are, you know, and like mm-hmm. how mistreated and like every we are and shit. And I mean, like it just, like I said, man, it just expanded beyond like my own little brain. And it was, it was a bit overwhelming, but, but the things you learn, man, like just, you seek it. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't even like, I don't know. It, it was just kind of just like, I wouldn't say dropped on my lap. I guess kind of mentioned, you know, like maybe, maybe I should like learn a little bit, you know, but I mean, once you start reading, it's like, like with everything you're talking about, you just keep, you keep going, Mm -hmm. you keep going and you just, you get lost in it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly what happened. (laughs) But I mean, like, it's so, I don't know, man, it's just, uh. God, there's something you you mentioned in that, and I can't remember. What it was. Okay, I was just I like, told you, I, just I was rambling. I was like, holy shit! Like, Marshall's just like fucking. You looked intrigued when I said I knew astrology. Was yeah, that part of it. Okay, I didn't know if that was one of. Yeah, them. well, like astrology, and then because I talked a little bit about astrology with another guest, but we didn't really dive into it. What were you talking about the pictures? Like, what do you what do you mean with that? What did I say? You said uh, people want you to. Tell them something, but you need to see ah, the picture. Well, when, you, when you a natal chart is supposed to be. Oh, a natal chart. That's yeah. It's a picture of the moment you were born, oh. and where all the celestial bodies outside of the earth were. People have a problems with astrology for many reasons. One of the ones that I can tell you that is true from knowing it is, uh, it's not concrete. It's literally like a uh, uh, understanding. It's an archetype. The 12 signs are really everybody. That's what people don't get fucked up. It's supposed to be certain parts of everybody and descriptions of an area of life. And when you look at that chart, you can see what areas of life are highlighted for somebody. So I can see what they have a propensity to, things that they might struggle with, uh, what happened in their childhood, what type of things they may accumulate or what direction they're headed in life. Like You could quote unquote see that from looking at a natal chart. I want to put it in quotations because I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to be a prophet or a, I do this shit as a hobby. Obviously, I basketball rap, but uh, I've studied it so much to a point to where it's a hot thing and topic in the world right now. We can't pretend that. And the information that I've learned, I realize people want. Like, that's why I started telling people, yeah, I read it, y'all. And, and when I'm telling them shit, I'm literally, it's an, it's an experiment for me, dog. I'm telling you right now, transfer. I'm like, yo, let me see how much detail I learned this shit and let me try. Okay, bet. You have Venus in Aquarius aspecting uh, Libra in the third house with Mars in it. That's going to sound crazy, I know. But because of that, I know that. Um, for some reason, you, you, you do well in, in social circles. You p- put out aesthetically pleasing things on the Internet. People seem to be drawn to you, but because of your connection with people, you experience too much passivity. You need to learn to upgrade your combativeness. I know that because Aries and Libra are on the same polar axis. and Polarity, you know what I'm saying? It's all mm-hmm. through astrology. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> it's really only six <laughs> signs instead of 12 because one sign is just the shadow side of the other. You know, people don't know that. Like Aries and Libra, one is self, the other is other. Self and other are interdependent. Mm-hmm. You know, my resources and other people's resources, they're interdependent. Uh, self-worth and what am I worth to you? Scorpio and Taurus, you know, uh, thinking and communication uh, and wisdom, knowledge and wisdom. Uh, Gemini and Sagittarius. You see, it, 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 all these things are, are, are archetypical representations of things that exist in our world. So when you start seeing, okay, the sun here, the sun represents the ego. It's the Leo part in everybody. Leo was Hercules in mythology. You start learning mythology, you start saying, oh, this is why they were teaching this shit. This is why the years are supposed to be. Uh, they also call it with the seasons. Aries is always the start of spring, you know, a cardinal season. Uh, any of the fixed signs means the middle of a season. So Leo's the middle of summer. Aquarius is the middle of winter. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But um, point my point with that being is that's what I mean by the chart. It brings up a, a circle and shows where the planets were when you were born and all this other kind of stuff. And I could kind of tell stories. My point with what I, the other point I said is when I start talking to people and reading it, they'll like I like they'll cry and they'll say, "Yo, how the fuck did you know that?" I start realizing how does the shit is insane. And I tell them I'm not a um I'm not an, I'm not an astrologer. I know some of the things they know, but you know I watch their videos all the time, and I, was, I just had this genuinely interest in it. Mm-hmm. But they're like, "Nah, man, I don't give a fuck. Like, it's no way you could have known uh, this, that, and the third. Or I struggle with this." Or, but and I was like, "All right, well, I can teach you how to read it." And then nobody ever, ever wants to know, you know. I just, <laughs> you know so, like, all right. Uh, that's how it goes. Though you offer it, and it's like, "Nah, nah, I'm like, nah, nah." <laughs> no, this conversation was enough. I said, "All right, cool." Don't go around telling people I'm a fucking wizard or something. Right. Like, nope. It's not true. How long did that take you to learn that? I've been studying, I would say, I started studying about 2018. So okay. I'm on my, on my fourth, 2017. Mm. So I'm on my fourth or fifth year now, depending on when I started. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the pandemic hit, I just happened to be right in the middle of being really into that. I was really into that and really into like, uh, learning deep the depths of black history, how you were saying the things and the yeah. truth of history. I was in the depths of learning a lot of that shit and it was studying those back and forth. I was either reading Carter G. Woodson or some fucking esoteric astrology book and then I would watch it on YouTube for hours because my family, I stay up late. My family go to sleep and so I'd just be in, you know, up in the living room watching the YouTube videos and I just, for some reason, have a good memory. So I would remember that shit and then when it started to make sense, I started saying, okay, um, Aries self, Taurus is self-worth, Gemini, thinking and communication. Cancer, home life, nurturing, mother, uh, roots, ancestry, all of that kind of shit. Leo, stand out, ego, star of the show. Uh, everybody's got all of these parts of them in there. Virgo, meticulous, worrisome, anxious, medical issues, uh, working out, ru- daily routine. Uh, Libra, uh, attractive, uh, people like it, people pleasing, business, uh, partnerships, marriage, all of these things. Scorpio. Uh, the depths of shit. Whenever I see people with placements in Scorpio, when I look at the chart, I say, buckle up. I don't give a fuck what it is. That's, that sign represents emotional intensity. It represents transformation. It represents change. Things can't stay the same. That's uh, part of life also. Ninth house, uh, philosophy, long distance travel, uh, freedom, doing what makes you have not giving a fuck. When you were sitting there talking about, uh, man, I'm going to create my opportunity. I'm going to just get started. I'm gonna, I was thinking about Jupiter, Zeus, Sagittarius energy. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where it's placed in your chart. I would have to see before we get in detail, but that's what I hear. I hear some form of Sagittarius something. You don't have to be a sun sign that. But that's what I hear. He's like, fuck it. That's what Sagittarius. I'm, I'm going to do it. Where? What? Let's go. Uh, Capricorn is, who am I? What's my purpose and what's my legacy? What do I do in this life? Um, Saturn, also deep fears and anxiety. Because people who really achieve great things. They go through hard work and they really go through deep worries too, normally. This is the top big dog. When you think of Saturn Capricorn energy, you think of CEO. They go emotionally detached. Um, Aquarius the same. They seem emotionally detached. They're about something bigger than themselves. It's the opposite axis of Leo. Uh, Leo is standing out. It's about me. I'm the star of the show. Uh, Aquarius is, it's not, everybody's the fucking same. So let's find something bigger than ourselves. P- podcasting will be Aquarian. The internet, uh, me hosting my ciphers, which I have Venus in Aquarius. That's something that it says I'll be good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this lifetime, it's not about me. If I make it about other people, I'll get my shine. I read my chart and I told somebody that they thought I was crazy. And I started this idea from reading that shit. You know what I'm saying? I've been had the idea, but how I formulated it. Say, like, no, that's, that's where I've been going wrong at. 
I've been trying to make it about me. I need to find some Aries or some Taurus or some Leos or some Virgo. I need to find some people with placements that say they're about them. My gift says I'm building people together. I'm builder. It's got to be about Aquarius is my whole point. It's got to be about something bigger than me. Mm-hmm. And then Pisces is about um, serving people emotionally. It's the opposite side of Virgo. Virgo serves people practically, service uh, I can fix your car. I know how to be dip- diplomatic. I can b- fix things in the home. And that's Virgo energy. Pisces, they can't do that shit. Uh, Virgo also is always on time. Uh, particularly Pisces is, fuck, I'm sorry I'm late. I'm a Pisces. Sorry I was late today. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, it's important to serve people emotionally with Pisces energy. It's the end of the circle. It's, the, it's understand, can't understanding. It's esoteric things. It's death. It's what happens after death. It's like really dips to the water. That's why it's the two fish. It's two fish going opposite ways. It's a mutable sign. So uh, Piscean season just passed not long ago. And uh, what it represents is change. All mutable signs are change. And some days it was cold as fuck. And then some days it'll be spring. You know? And you'll, you'll notice that with a lot of mutable signs, which would be Gemini, Pisces, and uh, Sagittarius. You know? Just changing. Sagittarius is changing fire. Mm-hmm. So be careful trying to tie one of those down. That's just how it goes. They don't have to be marriage or nothing just in any way. Restrict their freedom. Tell them when they got to be home. Tell them what they can't do. You have a Sagittarius kid, you start realizing they give a little bit less of a fuck than other people. You know? Uh, start realizing, man, this shit, is, this shit is dope. Then I started looking up uh, celebrity charts and start practicing. Mm-hmm. You know? I started, I started guessing on paper and writing shit down where I thought who had what placements because I started learning what it mean. And then I would look up celebrities and, and learn, and then I would watch the actual astrologers on YouTube do what I was doing. And so I learned how they were doing it. Once I knew the basics and what everything meant, I learned how they were coming up with the conclusions they were. You know, and then the rest is just being a wordsmith, really. It's just getting the people understand. You gotta uh, be able to get people to understand and say, yo, if you have Mars and Libra, you're too passive. But you probably should go into business. I can understand how those two energies make sense, but to somebody else, they might say, no, I need to know why you're coming up with this information, and astrology's not like that. That's why it's not the end-all, be-all of everything. It can't tell you exactly why what's going to happen or exactly what, but I can say, man, somebody born with Mars and Libra, bro, uh, in the first house, I know you're too passive, but how can being passive correlate with being a good business person? Well, you're deeply considerate of the other. Considering the other person. It's good for business. Mm-hmm. Libra represents the balance of two scales. You're fair. But somebody on the opposite side of the polar, polar axis might not give a fuck about being fair. And when you encounter those kind of people, you're too passive. They push you over. They get whatever they want out of you. And you just let it go. You find some way to justify it. Uh, they're just, they're just, that's just how they are. And they got a little, too much Libra shit going on right now. You need, you need to find a more area. Somebody that's always combative. They got too much area shit going on right now. Sometimes you got to be wrong, man. Just be fucking... A, Sometimes it don't matter to be right. I'm a Libra moon. I understand diplomacy. I'm a big guy and all that kind of stuff. But I have moon is the sign of I grew up that way. It's the deep inner femininity part of yourself. The sun sign is the most masculine energy of yourself, and the moon sign is supposed to be the most femininity energy of yourself. Or what you learn from the the, the the most feminine energy that raised you and the most masculine energy that raised you, from a mother to a father to a grandmother to a, that's what it is. It's all, it's all connected to ancestry, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a moon in Libra. I prefer non confrontation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I have Mars and Taurus. And Taurus is the sign of self-worth. So I'm going to keep things smooth as long as somebody doesn't try to demean me or disrespect me. Those are things. And I know from reading that when I'm reading the trials, I know that's all. That, that's that's what will take me over the edge. Because I'm going out of my way to be fair. Mm-hmm. If I offend you, I'll apologize. I'm, my ego's not too big for that. I'm going out of my way to be fair. So if you can't respect that, now I'm okay with confrontation. See, based upon that, I'm finding my own balance in the polar axis. But I may find somebody else who's an Aries moon. They think 
nah, fuck that. It's my way or the highway. I'm a, I, they're always super skeptical. So they always think somebody's trying to play them. Virgo placement too. You know? People say, why is Virgo energy so critical? So because there's the service is meant to be uh, fix things. How the fuck can you solve problems if you can't see them? You know? But the shadow side of that is being overly judgmental of everything and complaining all the fucking time. You'll notice that with people with strong Virgo placement. I, just, I don't know. It just seems to be, uh, they just always spotting the negative and shit. But the good thing about that is they might be great fucking project managers or they're great for a certain, you know what I'm saying? I got mm-hmm. people with strong uh, Virgo energy helping me with the cypher shit. And they're just coming with all these great ideas and structuring it. Pisces is the opposite side of the Virgo axis. I'm like, Thank God for you. That's no fucking way. I would have sat at that computer and spreadsheets and all that. That's meticulous, detailed things. I'm a server too, but I need to serve people emotionally. I need to talk to them. I need to show love. I need to put my arms around them. I need to tell them that it's a, it's a God in them. That's how I serve motherfuckers. I'm not the, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. But I can understand how being critical and judgmental also correlates with being a problem seer and solver. Somebody else might need to be broken down, but I see all that exists within the Virgo ar- archetype. Mm-hmm. Virgo is the squeezing the toothpaste out of the tube. Pisces is the letting it into the tube. That's why you see a lot of Piscean placements. They smoke a lot of weed or drink alcohol. Or Piscean is escapism. Life is harsh to Pisces and people with Piscean placements. So they uh, they go deal with the harsh world as much as they have to. It's the Capricorn in them. I got to do what the fuck I got to do. But whenever I can escape, I can. And everybody don't do drugs. Some people escape through yoga. That's also a Piscean thing. Anything m- mystical, Harry Potter-like, you know? Mm-hmm. That shit you can't see but you know exists. That's Piscean. Like the feeling that you get from when you drink or when you get high. You can't tell a motherfucker what they feeling ain't real, but you can't touch it. You know, that's Piscean things. It's escaping the world. Virgo also feels that way, but they face the world head on. It's critical negative, motherfuckers. So, but that helps them. Pisces are also considered sensitive. Everything bothers them. I know that's what I'm working on myself. Not being offended, but I just told you, the Libra moon. So I'm always trying to make sure I'm not offensive. So when somebody cracks a little joke at me, I'm always kind of like, why? Sometimes I have to realize it's just humor. It's just their fucking humor. Mm-hmm. But the Piscean, I guess, signing me is, man, they didn't have to fucking say that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's crazy, dude. Like, that's so fucking dope. Like, I mean, <clears throat> you have to, I have, you have to talk to my cousin. Her name's Jojo. Like she came on and we talked a little bit about astrology and stuff. She's mm-hmm. getting into it too. But the thing she was talking about too, it was like, you know, I didn't fully understand it, but I'm looking more into it. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, you know, but it's here and there. And yeah. it's crazy how it just all just kind of molds together and there's opposites. And like for me, I'm a Gemini. And mm. so... <laughs> Thinking and communication. You get a fucking podcast. Mm-hmm. It's talking. This is just gold to talk for a living. Mm-hmm. You know, do, could, do you know what time you were born? Uh, could you man, find out? It's on my, yeah, it's on my um, birth certificate. I've, I'll I'll text it to All you. All right, man. If you ever want to have some fun, I yeah. do it. I do it. I'll do it live for you on a, on a joint right So here. what do you need? You, get, you, type, you go to a, a website joint. You type in the time you were born, the city you were born, and you basically just get as close to the time you were born. And then the site does it for you, and it brings up a picture of your natal chart, and then I can start seeing stuff in there. Because mm-hmm. I'm already intrigued with you being a Gemini, and we're doing a podcast right now. Mm-hmm. I can show you I'm not lying. I'll look up. It's it's Gemini 11 and, It's eleven something. It's 11 p.m. 11 That's as close as I can tell you. 11 p.m., Pawnee, Oklahoma, Gemini. Okay, so I bet you're a f- 
if I get this right, you have to tell me I'm doing right now because you don't know about houses and all that stuff. I would bet you're a fourth house Gemini. When I get close so much time, here, I was looking at uh, Will Smith's natal chart right now. Actually, you know, he's in this whole debacle for some last night. Yeah. Somebody asked me, look at this. You see those slices of pizza right there? Some of those are empty. Where those all represent an area of life. You also see the names of the signs going around the circle, right? Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of shit going on in Aries. Would you not say that he uh, got combative? There? He just slapped the motherfucker last night. Yeah. You yeah. See? But on the opposite side of that is the Libra, the self other actors. He is a really nice guy also. We mm-hmm. know Will Smith was a nice guy. Yeah. But somehow, in the public eye, he finds himself in, you know, things like that. I could go into so much depth with this, but you just see the chart right here. And his sun sign is in the fifth house, the house of Leo. So I'm already knowing he was born at night. Mm-hmm. It's born in the daytime, the sun sign will be up here. The top of this circle is stuff that people can see about you. The bottom of this circle is stuff that's in your private life, even though they're connectors on the same axis. So when you tell me you're born at 11 o'clock and you're a Gemini, I'm thinking you're a fourth house Gemini, which will be thinking of communication at home, which is exactly what the fuck we're doing now. Yeah. You're building a fucking talking business at home. It's not at the top of the chart where you're, you're starting here mm-hmm. and it's on the same axis. So yeah, one day you may do it or you probably do have some public ones or whatever, but the bulk of the building is here in your, in your comfort zone. I would bet money on that alone. Just I, I bet you you're a, a fourth house Gemini. Um, but anyway, this is what would come up if you give me the time frames. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I have a lot of fourth house placements as well. Mine is Taurus down there, though. Business, uh, resources, um, uh, also food and shit like that, eating, and those all fourth and second house type things. So I like to isolate and build my business and eat and do phone calls. And, do shit. and then I step out in the public eye and people see the finished results. I only, I only have a few things up there at the top, but it's all about social expression. People can see the finished result, but really it's a whole bunch happening behind the scenes. I got a whole bunch of planets on that bottom part of the circle, like Will Smith. Mm-hmm. See, he's got a lot of shit going on in his private life, and then we just see little aftermaths of it. He yeah. has Saturn up there, Saturn is reputation. He has Saturn right there in the top. I'll show you again. Right there in the top of his uh, public. I told you the top of the circle is public. People can see that. Uh, these first three houses are personal identity. That's not a big thing for him in his lifetime, according to astrology. It still exists, but there's no planets there. Personal expression, fucking huge for him. The next three are uh, social identity, also not huge for him. Social expression, he's got major planets there. Saturn, North Node, Chiron. Social expression and personal expression is the axis that's highlighted heavily for him. Social expression, easily. Him, Aries, the sign of self, is really much we know about Will Smith. We've seen propensity of his creativity, which is the house of Leo and all this other kind of stuff. We know he's a genius, smart, and all that kind of stuff, but we never see him build it. We don't know what's going on. We only know what's going on in the relationship when it hits the media, which is uh, 11th house, Aquarius things. I, 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 I can't show you how, <laughs> how much I know this shit because you might not, you know, it can get confusing. And the, the viewers can't see it, you know, the people listening can't see this, so I don't want to ramble too much. As y'all can see, I will definitely get to fucking talking. <laughs> That's why he invited my talking ass on here. But, um,. I could go into this so much, but it's awesome. And, and I always tell people, man, you know what? Whether it's true or not, who gives a fuck? I use it for the same reasons that other people use any other belief or religion or anything that they had to use for. If what I said to you resonated with you, don't get overly concerned with, is it magic? Is it? But bro, I'm not no magician. I'm a, you know I am. I'm just a basketball player. I rap. I build stuff in the community. I work with the youth. And I studied this shit like anybody can do. I bought books out of Barnes and Nobles or ordered them on Amazon and watched videos on YouTube. I didn't go to no fucking secret underground meetings and learn this shit. But you know what I'm saying? So if I can take that shit that I learned as a hobby and say something to you that makes you feel like, man, I need to change my life, 
Just run with that. Fuck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not sitting here trying to preach and to get people to believe in astrology. I don't care. Think whatever you want to think about it. But I know if you happen to like it and you come talk to me about it, I can teach you some things. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it, people don't know. They don't. They don't get it. Like there's knowledge out there. There's fucking YouTube. There's Google. There's fucking mm-hmm. books. Like there's so much free knowledge out there. Other podcasts that probably talk about astrology. For sure. Like, For certain, they are. Yeah. I watch a lot of them. I Dude, mean, there's so many avenues of knowledge out there. I mean, you just have to seek it. You mm-hmm. just have to fucking want to study see. it. Gotta I mean, see. and I mean, like, I, I was telling somebody, I was like, I could, like, I could teach somebody how to do this. Like, I could teach somebody, but do they want to learn it? Like, do they want to learn it? And if that's the case, like, how bad do they want to learn it? You know how bad do they want to start their own podcast? Because I hear it all the time too. It's like, man, I don't want to start one. And I'm like, we'll do it. But what would I need? I was like, I'll help you as much as I can. I'll consult as much as I can. But I can't do everything for you. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, I can't set up your stuff for you. I can't distribute it out. Like I can show you as much as I can, and it's on you because I didn't have nobody helping me. <laughs> That's how I go. But you know, like I'm willing to help as much as I can, but it's up to you too. Mm-hmm. Like I can't make you do it and then put it out every week or whatever. Water, can't make you drink. Seriously, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's just up to that individual. And I don't know, man. Fuck. It's been going for an hour. But let's talk about uh your ciphers. When did all that start? I've been doing them probably about a year now. But they really started getting buzzing, I would think, of, maybe about six months ago, five months ago. Mm-hmm. And um, like you're saying, I started doing it. And as it started to grow, I started realizing what it could be and what it could what could be done with it. And so I've been putting my mind to that ever since, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's cyber, it's, it's performance art, it's an opportunity for people to be uh, stars internationally as well as in the community. And But I'm also making it a grassroots hub, you know. Uh, local artists of any kind, uh, podcasters, people, vendors, sell merch. They they pull up to our events and they they make money and we we exchange with each other almost like an underground. I like underground hip hop. I want to make an underground hip hop, but also business side to it. You know, mm-hmm. this my business and you know um, I said to somebody else earlier. I said you know in, in in history if there was ever a king or whatever. And this is all uh, metaphorically of course, but I think it's positive to think this way too. Um, there, if there was ever a king or something like that, you know when they always got overthrown and they said when? I said it's when other people felt like they weren't eating. It's always when people felt like a, people really don't, re- everybody don't want to lead. So whenever there's somebody leading in something, people really don't mind following and letting you do the lead as long as they get they just do and you're not disrespecting them and you make them. In. So I said, man, I don't want to just build something and have a successful platform when I know all these other people who do all this other dope shit that doesn't cross paths with mine. We can bring out this many people. I was actually going to ask you, and I'll ask you uh, on air, off air, but if you want to pull up April 15th, podcast out of the Cyphers, live right there. After somebody go, people walk up off the joint, uh, you talk to them. Because we can be streaming live on fucking Apple TV and Roku. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, uh, but that's part of what I want to do, though. Mm -hmm. Because I I really believe, like, putting out love is law of attraction. Yo, let me help my mans. He got something going on dope. This shit is professional. Yo, pull up. And then what's going to happen is... uh, Subconscious or subliminal blessings. I want to bring more people. Well, you you now you advertise me. Yo, I'm gonna be at the ciphers in the So anybody that knows you and rocks with your brand, they pull up. Now the whole event got more people at it. Everybody wins. Mm-hmm. I'm start thinking like that. 
I realized there was a grill there. My little bro, he always wanted to be a chef and do it. Yo, cook for people, bro. We sell plates. Split the profit. I don't need to. Ain't no, I keep 80 and you keep 20, but motherfucker, you can be cooking it. I bring the people, you make the food, we go in, buy the food, split the profit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That way, somebody else is 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 gaining. So as this thing elevates, uh, it's ours. I started it, I founded it, but it's the community's baby. You know what I'm saying? It's an opportunity for you to leave your job from Monday through Friday and come sell your merch on Saturday. Somewhere where you know people going to be. Mm-hmm. You don't have to fucking set up on no corner and hope to run people down and flag them down. Nope. It's going to be 500 fucking people there. Coming there for this grassroots thing. And I think it's on the brink of tipping over, bro. You know, I'm I'm, I'm there. It, it, it's not at 500 people yet, but I wouldn't be surprised within the next month or two we keep doing these. Um, come out to Soul Body Cyphers, man. Uh, we'll be advertising, follow us on everything. Uh, I think it's there. I think it's there. And I don't care if you if you authentic person. Um, I think that's what I say. When I say hip-hop, I mean that. I don't just mean rap music or breakdancing or graffiti, but I'm talking about the parts of hip-hop that I like. Um, it's the reason why people were ciphering on the corners. They have uh, fucked up home conditions, and they needed somewhere to express themselves somewhere. And they step outside their home, and they see other people on the street corner, and they get the freestyling, and other people start crowding around. And next thing you know, they're on this, this New York street corner at 8 p.m. Everybody's rapping. You know, it's 40 years old, 7 years old. You don't have to be the best rapper. These people didn't realize that was a form of therapy. And uh, to create that as my business and allow that here, that's what's going to happen. Like you say, words of power, I'm, I'm done with that trying shit. I say it sometimes and I fuck all that trying and wanting and shit. It's already happening now and it's just it's going to happen more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's just what it is. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, out here building, dude. And, <clears throat> and it's hard to, I was telling somebody this too, like, you know how you're, when you say, I, I'll try, right? I'll try. Like, I'm trying to get rid of that, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I will do it. Like, I will. I am going to do it. I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but I'm like, I was telling somebody, damn, I can't remember who it was, but it's so easy to say, to make that your your main words. Like, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I'm not able to do that. Mm-hmm. How the fuck am I? Can I do that? But it's like. You kind of just have to change your whole, like we've been talking about, like change your whole perspective on stuff and just fucking go out there and do it. Mm-hmm. And then you'll start gaining like power. <laughs> like, yeah, it is. Yeah, like pow- it's power, dude. Like it's, I'm not talking like money and I'm talking like power within yourself. Mm-hmm. Speaking like these words into existence, these, whatever it is you're doing, the ciphers, the podcast, the shows, the the rap battle league, like, like we're doing this and we're speaking all these things in existence. Like, like I knew like when I, when I jumped on there with Castro, I was like, this is going to be big. There wasn't no, this might be big. Mm-hmm. It was, this is going to be big. And I want to be a part of it when it blows up. Mm-hmm. And then we got acquainted and I was like, soul body ciphers is going to blow up. Like I, I truly believe it because you you guys are the, our stuff, your stuff, whoever stuff, podcast, whatever, the people I'm acquainted with, that's all I see. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and if we cross paths, like, later on, then your shit's going to be the only thing I see. And I'm going to speak that same thing to your business, too. Like, hey, like, yeah, like, that's all it is, is, like, like I, I'm so supportive, not just with, like, um, physical, but, like, mentally, too. Like, I want to I don't know. I just want to give this power to other people too. Like, 
Like, don't be afraid to fucking go out there and try what you want. Like, and don't be afraid to like really be confident in what you're doing. You know, like confidence is key. Like now, like I, I was never confident, but now I'm like confident as a motherfucker. <laughs> like, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like everything we're talking about, dude, it's just like, it's so true. Like, I mean, like some people won't probably get it, but I mean, you just have to, you have to seek it and you have to put yourself in our shoes, you know, and like, like go out there and just fucking do it. Whether it's acting or writing or gaming, like you can make money from gaming now, like, but it's all hard work. Like gaming, like I know people that game for like six hours a day, but they don't like get anywhere for years, you know, it's just, Mm -hmm. but you're working at your own thing. And that's how it, that's what it is too. Like you just have to work at it. Like nothing happens overnight. Nothing happens overnight. I mean, you might get lucky. It, yeah. it might, yeah. Something might happen overnight, yeah. but then you don't learn like everything that goes with it. You know, like if you blow up or something, and it's like a month out, and you're like, "Shit, I got all this stuff. It's overwhelming. Like, what do I do?" As for me, it's like when I do like blow up, and with all these things I got going on, like. I'll have the people there with me, the right people. I'll have the knowledge there. I'll know who to reach out to. And then we'll all just flourish. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, life just kind of, like I said, man, it's just the road you take and, and how you prepare yourself, I guess, you know, it's, it's, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, I mean, you've done like, you've played basketball and I just now learned you're into astrology. You've studied all this. And I mean, you started your own ciphers. Now you're with the Rap Battle League. And you've you've written your own book. Yes, sir. From Mitch Woman to Starter on Amazon right now. If you're into books, check that out. When did you start writing that? <coughs> Shit, uh, November. Really? Yeah. I just okay. wrote it. I just, uh, I got... I'll spare the astrology stuff, but remember that fuck it, just go energy? I got a mm-hmm. lot of that too. Yeah. I've been wanting to write a book. I love to write. I think a true MC does all of that. You know, they can host or something, they can rap, they can uh, uh, orchestrate things, they can write. And I consider myself an MC. So I met this guy, I was on this Zoom call uh, with these people, and he was a, he's a public speaker. And he was talking about how he wrote his book. And so I just I, I asked him on the Zoom call, could I call him privately afterwards? And, I, and he let me call him. And when I called him, I was like, tell me more about how you wrote your book. And I didn't take the approach he did. I actually typed mine, but it was so fucking easy. It just blew my mind. I was like, no, you got to do this now. He was like, well, I don't really like to write. So what I do is I just kind of press uh, record. I go somewhere quiet, press record, and just and I just talk. I just speak what I don't say. And then I have a transcriptionist write it all out. I take it and then I send that to an editor and they edit it and then it gets to it. You know, I basically just get it refined all the way down to a book. Mm-hmm. And uh, all he does is, you know, he pays different people to do that, but he just talks. And I was like, man, this dude wrote a book and he's out speaking about his book and it's selling and that's all he did. <coughs> so I said, I'm going to just write one. So I literally just start writing and just put it all on the paper. You know what I'm saying? Then after it was all out, I thought, okay, you know, how to break up chapters, how to do this. I did that part. Then I started asking people I know. This tutor that used to help me at OSU. <coughs> and she's a teacher, too. She uh at OSU. 
she uh she helped me. She already offers a service similar to this. She helped me edit it, and we, we went over and over. And the hardest part was probably formatting it to upload it to Amazon. But it was the easiest process as far as um, it wasn't it it. You just have to want to do it like everything else. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I went through some hiccups. You know, you got to get cover. I got a picture taken for the cover. And like I said, formatting was a thing. And I had to go back one time and change something. And it was like little shit, but it's not anything to, like, deter you from writing a book. When people say they want to write a book, it would take you 10, 15 years to write it or you never do it. If that's the process nowadays, I'd be like, man, I'd be mad as hell if I took 10 years to do that, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I've already got several other book ideas. Of course, I'm gonna, I'm gonna campaign this one and do what I gotta do, but I'm gonna write a book with my family, my whole family. You know, my, my, my kids illustrate and do some things in there and write a, 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 a I, got, I got some dope ideas because just like anything else, once you do it, you see like, yo, this is, I can do this. You know what I'm saying? And people receiving it well and they like, it's really doing what it's supposed to do. You know, it's not like they just bought the book to support me. It's really got message in it and people are reading it and, and, and it's, it's touching their heart. They're understanding why I wrote it. And I'm like, yo, this is this is it right here. This is another form of this, thinking in communication. You get what I'm saying? That's a, a very Gemini thing mm-hmm. to write a book, uh, read a book, give a speech, podcast, uh, talk show host. All of that's uh, very Gemini-like energy or Mercury, I should say, more than Gemini. Because Gemini and Virgo go together through Mercury, hmm. but um, they rule by the same planet. But um, yeah, so I'm a Mercurial guy. Mercury in the first house, the house itself. I'm a Mercurial guy, and that's one of God's gifts that He gave me, and I'm going to use it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm going to use it for a positive thing. Just like everybody has gifts. And honest, I think it's it's something to do with with that writing or talking or you know what I'm saying. True. <clears throat> yeah, man. I, everybody has a fucking gift, man. You just have to find it. Whatever it is, man. You just have to freaking find it. And a lot of people normally know, and it's just it's just stepping out on it or yeah. doing it. it. Feels crazy, you know. You're vulnerable. You know, it it, it it crazy to tell people after having a basketball career and traveling around the world and awesome family and beautiful wife, and it's crazy to tell somebody. Yep, man, and I just wanted to start doing hip-hop cyphers. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what, motherfucker? <laughs> that, that's crazy. That's not going to work. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's, I only was able to do that because I am a little crazy. They're right. <laughs> so, but other people, I could, I, I don't think it's, it's, it's normal to maybe be an artist, like literally you paint pictures and to feel a little skeptical about letting that be your career. Because all you hear is these horror stories about, Man, artist, man, it's a starving career and it's starving yeah. artist in the boat. You know what I'm saying? You got to be really into it. Mm-hmm. But my point with saying it is, a lot of people know finding the talent is one thing, and I agree with you. But I also think it's stepping out on faith with your talent, like really believing, like, no, nah, I could do this shit to a level to where I don't have to be the biggest in the world. It's people who rap and they get enough streams and do enough shows in their city to pay their bills. Like they literally, all they do is get up and write raps and make songs and they might make, you know, from YouTube checks or something. They might make 3,500, 4,000 a month. And they do something else part-time on the weekends when they feel like it. And you know, they got this 4,500, 5,000 a month lifestyle that they make from rap music. Like that's a lot better than somebody making a quarter million dollars a year doing some shit they don't want to do. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. To me, you know what I'm to saying? Too, yeah. So, you know, it's like a lot of people have that, that they know what it is. They know what they talent. They know they'll be good at this or they at least feel deep down inside. Because why would it go? Why would any God or whatever you believe in give it to you and then keep it hidden from you? It doesn't make any fucking sense. Mm-hmm. You know what you got. It's in. Nobody else might not know. You might not believe these words I'm saying, but you know. 
deep down inside you know, like, nah, I'm good. I can do this. I just don't want to, or I don't want to be scrutinized in the public eye, or I don't want to, you know, all that kind of shit is usually things that keep dreams down. Yeah, I believe. You know what I'm saying? And that's it, man. That's the, uh, that little doubt within you, that little voice, like, Marshall, don't do that. Like, he's right. Like, how's that going to, like, it's just, like, stupid shit like that. And it was, like, with this podcast, too, it's, like, like, I mean, there was, like, like, confusion of, like, well, what is it? Do people, like, listen to it? This is, like, a family member. <laughs> they're, like, they're, like, so you just talk? Like, it's like, I mean, like, not trying to downgrade it, but, I mean, to me, it was, like, it sounded, like, mm-hmm. goddamn, like, well, why would I start? Like, it just sounded stupid when another person was trying to explain it because they didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I just had to let all that go and just fucking like, like we just let all, we just let everything go and did it. Mm-hmm. You know, fuck it, do it. Like, fuck, fuck what everybody thinks. Fuck, fuck the, the voice in your head, man. Just, just go out there and be vulnerable, be uncomfortable and yeah. be a, don't be a spectator anymore. <laughs> Be Real a participant. Talk. Real talk. Get in the game. Get in the game. Mm-hmm. Fuck, man. But, bro, we'll have we'll have to do this again, man. Yeah. I really want to have you and Castro on at okay. one point at the same time. But, man, you're welcome back anytime. Let everybody know how to follow you and where to buy that book and YouTube and whatever, whatever, the Rap Battle League and everything else you got going on. Definitely. You know, shout out to my man Castro X and with all due respect, Rap Battle League. First and foremost, I'm Soul Body Meta, S-O-U-L-B-O-D-Y is one word, Space Meta, M-E-T-A, on YouTube, uh, Instagram, Soul Body Cyphers on Facebook, and that's it, man. From Bench One with a Startup, I'm booked on Amazon right now. Be on the look for a lot of stuff coming out soon. Come out to the Soul Body Cyphers, man. April 9th in Stillwater. It's only the Tip Tattoo Parlor. And April 15th here in Tulsa, Oklahoma at Clean Hands Art Studio. Yes, everybody, check out Soul Body, Marshall Moses, former basketball player, Cipher King, <laughs> and right now we on the Rap Battle League, and with all due respect, Rap Battle League, yo, shout, shout out to Castro for, man, just making this thing a reality, I mean, that's all it takes, man, an idea, and then you just fucking do it, like we've been talking about this whole episode, but mm-hmm. go follow him, keep up with him, and go check out his book, buy his book, and I mean, it's a. I've yet to buy it. I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> but Take, I will yeah. buy. It. Yeah, but yeah, Whenever I want to. I'm in. Copy it, yeah, yeah, I'm in. I'm in the books, and I do want to buy it. But, but uh, we just had some hiccups. You coming over, and I had stuff going on, and you had stuff. I mean, it's been crazy. But yeah, we here, we here. But yeah, but everybody, uh, go check out Okie Podcast if you haven't yet. It's available everywhere on any platform you listen to podcasts on. Go check out the website, www.okiepodcast.com. Check out the Instagram, at Okie Podcasts. My personal is WrestleMuster49. My personal on Facebook is Russell Sun Eagle, and Okie Podcast is a Facebook page as well. And, yeah, until next time, everybody. Peace. <laughs>